Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Spark Your Fire. It's our Friday segment, Friday wrap again. It's another week, another lockdown. Uh, it doesn't feel like any different, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and it felt like we just we just had our chat last week and all of a sudden it's here again. But anyway, it's uh, it's that Friday mood doesn't go away. How are you guys all feeling? Uh... That, that's a, that's a direct, yeah, that's that's a direct response all. already, isn't it? That says it all, basically. Thanks, Jazz. We'll move on. Jazz has been taking his happy pills today. <laughs> he, hasn't taken, he hasn't taken it for a long time, I can tell. Anyway, John, how are you doing? Yeah, good, uh, good, good. Uh, Bill Murray here, Groundhog Day. Uh, it's like the alarm clock uh, keeps waking up, and I want to throw it out the window. Yeah, and no, I mean, it's not nice to wake up where you work. I mean, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm well. Yeah, I'm well. That's I'm the well. key. That's the key, mate. Yeah. That's the key. As long as you're well, as long as we're all well, it's another day of um, seeing what's interesting being happening around the globe, right? Um, and it's a fascinating time to be living, like we've always been saying. You know, this is given COVID, given what people are doing to the financial markets, we're probably experiencing a lifetime event, one in a few centuries, potentially, a few centuries. I mean, just given how the monetary systems at the moment is all being <laughs> being turned upside down and, and left side, right side, whatever way that you like to put it. Um, and, you know, and, and evidence of that chaos is coming in again by, um, I think there was this piece by CNBC earlier this week talks about that Federal Reserve is preparing to tapering off this year um, in, in, in the sense that um, yeah, the, the minutes which they have released to say they are actually going to slow down in terms of their bond buying. Now, I'm not an expert in this, uh, so I think I'll, um, I, and I haven't been watching US as, uh, as close as I want to, but I know one of us have. And uh, if I can get Professor John here back on the show <laughs> to uh, comment on what you think and whether that's actually realistic, because I think that has actually, um, that, that definitely had a big impact in terms of the, um, the DAOs and, and, and the figures. Yeah, by, by no means an expert either, uh, but I, I've just come to, to learn that, uh, central banks are always wrong, and that's like the safest bet uh, <laughs> that if they have a forecast, go go left. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so um, uh, yeah. So the minutes of the July meeting came out this week. So we got insider to not not just what like what their decision is, but like how they arrived at that decision and what they're thinking. And um, the 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 headlines that there was a headline from CNBC, but the headlines are all you know. Um, tapering will start this year, that they're considering tapering, blah, 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 blah. My, my read of the, the, um, the minutes is actually that it was, it's a split decision and you've got half the Fed saying we have to taper and the other half saying the economy is not very good. Like the, 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 this is just a, a bounce after telling the economy to stop in 2020. So like any growth figures off last year aren't, aren't particularly uh, informative because if you you know we're always going to grow off a zero base, so the the actual headline is that the the Fed is split on tapering, but they also were very clear that they are not going to touch interest rates. They are not touching interest rates, so they might um, claw back the the bond purchases, but I don't see how they can do that. They can't do that because Biden's doing a $1.9 stimulus package. How do you fund that unless they're, they're, the Fed is buying uh, Treasury? So um, 
My view is that they're not tapering and they're not raising interest rates and that the market doesn't think they are either. And the only person who think, or the only people who think that they're going to be tapering is CNBC and probably Bloomberg and other, other journalists. But I don't think the market thinks they're going to do it. How do we know the market doesn't believe it? Because the 10-year yield didn't do anything. It's still at about 1.25%. The dollar didn't move. No one thinks they're tapering except perhaps some journalists. Um, but it, it yeah, so it's interesting. We talked about this um, a couple of months ago. I think we said watch out for talking about tapering but never actually doing it. And I think there's uh, over the next couple of years what we're going to see is a, a real divergence between what the uh, Fed and the RBA say they want to do or say they're going to do and what they actually do. And I think this is an example. And I, I think the market's not buying it um, anymore. But is the market actually buying? Because I think there was a dip in terms of the uh, the, the index figures, right? The, yeah. like the DAOs and, and all that. So it's certainly impacting the investor sentiments to that degree. Oh, good. Yeah, good point. When the, when the minutes came out, the DAO went down about 300 points. It's not even a percent. Um, and then overnight last night, it was down, oh, double digit, like nothing, nothing. Yeah. Uh, the NASDAQ was up. So, but... The stock market's not the biggest tell when it comes to Fed policy. Like, of course, uh, the stock market will go down if they start raising interest yep. rates. But most of the time, it's like every week. So over the last seven months, the Dow Jones has gone up uh, with no interruption. So the, the, the markets are just on a tear. And if there's a small pullback by 1% or 2%, it's really not going to tell us anything. The real tell is in the 10-year yield and the dollar. And... Um, and that's uh, that's really not suggesting that anyone believes it. The really interesting um, price is the oil price. The oil price is like down to sixty-two bucks, and it was about seventy-two bucks a month ago. That's but that's on the basis of like Delta variant lockdowns. Yeah, interesting. Okay, what about gold? Has gold been impacted much this week? Gold's gold's sort of clawed up recently. Um, but but actually, the, the US dollar has broadly been strong against the Aussie. And I actually watch gold prices in Aussie dollars, which is probably the wrong thing to do. And the uh, gold price in Aussie dollar terms has is, is gone way up mm. because the Aussie dollar is a lot weaker. So uh, most of the markets are pretty boring at the moment. The 10-year the, the, the yields are pretty stable. Stock market's pretty stable. Gold price is pretty stable to slightly higher. So only the oil price looks like it's doing anything. Interesting at the moment. Um, yeah, that, that's sort of my take. Okay. All right. No, thank you. So that was uh, that. That's that's that's. I guess a good um, summary of um, uh, of the read on uh, how that Fed's July meeting minutes coming out to be. Um, so switching gears a little bit, coming back to Australia again, uh, still talking about macro. I think the uh, um, the ABS has released the July unemployment rates. Here and uh, again, defying all odds. That's why I said we're living in interesting times. Defying all odds, July's unemployment rate actually went down from June. So we're talking about June with an unemployment rate of four point nine percent, and in July it actually dropped to four point six percent. So it had this being a decrease of 03 percent on the monthly change. Now, does that make any sense at all? I mean, July is when Sydney's obviously started in the lockdown. Um, the lockdown starting to be implemented into other cities as well. Um, people are being forced to be out of jobs. So logically thinking, the unemployment rate 
not going south uh, here, but um, I think there's obviously a lot more devils in the detail uh, in that sense. And, um, you know, I thought I'll, I'll open the forum um, to, to both of you uh, if there's anything that you'd like to, to add in. But certainly I, I feel that's the true reflection of it, um, except I'm probably not as good at explaining that uh, in comparison to both of you. So who'd like to have a, have a tackle at first? Okay. So two things over there. One is the, uh, we are living in a different type of economy than what we are used to seeing. Uh, what, what doesn't add up to me is the uh, participation rate that has decreased by 66%. I'm looking at a chart now, which has got like in July, definitely dropped um, uh, as far as participation rates go and, and um, stand at 66%. I mean, you know, even in the depths of the 1970s when the economy was bad there, the, the participation rate was always around sort of 80%. Um, so we've got like 40% of the population not even participating in the workforce. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's been it's been like this for a while. The, look, the the last time it was really bad was in the the twenty twenty lockdown, and when it was under sixty five percent. So that so there's not the panic I think this time around. Obviously, hospitality's really badly hit. But you know, in twenty twenty, the the banks all like fired everyone in their in their mortgage departments and had to rehire them. All that. So that hasn't happened this time. And and. Uh, the participation rate's the key to understanding this, you know. If you and also, how do you measure an employed person? If you do one hour a week, but you want to be working forty hours a week, are you employed? You, you generally speaking, are. So the question is, how does the statistic measure underemployed people, people whose uh, incomes have taken a hit, but they're not technically unemployed? Anyway, look, look there's no way that the the employment story is good in Sydney and Melbourne, July 2021, into a lockdown. There's just no way that's good. If the data's good, it means they're, they're tinkering with it. I mean, there's, there's no real way to, to make this a good number. I think the real way to look at it is probably looking at across a number of months rather than individual months to a yeah. degree, because I, I have a feeling that August number is going to look pretty realistic in that sense, um, whilst this might be a false, <clears throat> what they call false positive. In, in to that to that degree um so um but but just uh, I, I think if i don't know whether you guys remember or not last week we discussed about the uh unemployment rate in the us which has gone down as well their economy is in shambles as well but still the rates so this obviously the way it is being calculated is uh is probably the question it's just no. like inflation how do you calculate inflation right so this is not a <laughs> You're absolutely spot on. I think it's, you know, like you said, the the, the actual way of capturing this information or actually using, um, <clears throat> I guess, the, the 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 information here is just not the right way of how, how we should be treating it in a very different economy um, and, and a very different, well, we're sh I think with, it's, it, it's a shifting financial system to a degree. So, um, yeah, there's not a true representation from what, I, from what I'm reading here. Um, I did... I did saw another article earlier today that says the the Roy Morgan I think actually was saying the real the real figure the real unemployment figure is probably looking at around nine point something around nine point seven percent that's the that might be the actual Roy the the real jobless rate 
Uh, that's from the Roy Morgan research, uh, which is more than double the official ABS number. Because that kind of shows them that, you know, the actual calculation, the way how they calculated from the ABS, there might still be, because they were still using the old way of doing it. Like you said, Jazz, absolutely right. Um, that's what's causing that false illusion. And everyone's kind of like, oh, okay, well, unemployment rate's low. That's good. Happy news. But but, but I can only that, work for two hours like what John said. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you still get paid with JobKeeper and all that stuff, right, to a decrease. And still, you still manage to keep keep hanging on the job. Um, not the end of the world. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, because of the lockdown, the prolonged lockdown at this point, it's not looking too bright with these figures. Hey, do you guys reckon it would potentially trigger a second R, like what we talked about. You can use the word, David. It's okay. <laughs> it's, I, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> David means recession. Jazz didn't say the it. David R, said the it. Big R, the big R. Uh, will it trigger? No, it's no? not going to happen. Okay. Uh, and to me, the reason I'm saying that is just, again, if history is of any guidance, what we saw, uh, I mean, this thing has been going on for what, more than a year now? right? Almost two years, actually. Uh, and uh, we haven't seen, every time we are close to the R thing or the recession, uh, <laughs> the, the, these things that we talk about Fed tapering or RBA um, scaling back on the bond buying, all of that comes back. So no, it won't happen. Uh, but all of these numbers that we discuss don't make any sense either. Not 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 because we don't know what we are talking, but just because the way they are being calculated, it's like uh, uh, calculating in it's ancient times calculation basically feels like. I I can't I disagree only because I, I disagree in part. So here's my take: recession is when you know you have two of negative economic growth, right? So this is going to spill over quarters and there's no way we can say that there, we're not going to be producing fewer goods and services. You know, um, July, you know, to go over, most of the restaurants are shut. So we're definitely producing fewer goods and services than we were, let's say, a quarter ago. So I can't see how we avoid a recession. My Where I kind of line up with you, though, is that I don't think they care or I don't think it matters anymore. And the reason for that is, as an economy, we don't even produce goods or services anymore. We have hyper-financialized the economy. So you can see but when, when um, COVID came along and, and the policy response was, the policy response was, everyone stay at home. We don't need you producing anything anymore. And to compensate for the lack of production of goods and services, we're going to print money. And, and, and the reason for that is we don't even get the good anyway imported anyway so we're gonna we're gonna print money and it doesn't matter that you're not producing any goods and services and it, it can't last. our economy is hyper financial uh, that's a massive problem because in terms the wealth of a nation is based on how many goods and services it produces I and mean, if you think of a guy on a desert island with a trunk full of cash but nothing to eat like if you go back to like in economics, if you go back to first principles, uh, where are the goods and services going to come from if no one's producing them, but everyone gets a check? So that's the problem. We're going to have we're going to have a technical recession, but it's not going to matter because uh, we've financialized everything anyway. 
So if we go by the term of the word recession, yes. But does it change anything in terms of everything that we discuss overall? Nope. No, I agree with that. Yeah, but in technical terms, yes. Uh, what does it mean in terms of everything that we talk talk about on this podcast? Uh, to me, nothing changes. It still means basically we're going to inflate. If it if if we see two quarters of negative growth, all that means is basically inflate the asset prices even higher. Because the the printing the printing of the money will continue, right? The yeah. rates are going to be lower for longer, which means the asset prices will inflate for longer as well. But I do agree with John that I mean, if we go by that exact definition, it's possible. Mm, mm. And that's in line with, uh, yeah, uh, that's in line with what we're seeing at the moment. Because what um, um, Sydney Sydney prices is now defying the lockdown and virus and surging about eighteen point eight percent over the last twelve months. And that's not just uh, that's not just Sydney. You know, when we're talking about if we look at across the the Australian house price heat map as such, you know, it's across the board. Um, Melbourne's done eleven point eight percent over the last. 12 months year to date, right? Um, and um, sorry, 11.8%. And uh, Brisbane is 18.6%, which is even more fantastic for the last 12 months. Yeah. So, because you know. we, we can't produce cars, but we can, can produce debt. We financialize everything. We can print mm. we can print debt and we can pump the banking system full of um, currency, but we can't produce any cars and we can't produce planes and we don't do anything like that. So it's goods, goods and services, isn't it? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's a that's that's a really important point over there. This goes back to the article that we were about to discuss, uh, David. Is the how uh, refinances? Yep. With the rising property values, the equity top ups uh, are nearly hundred billion in the last year um, for renovations, cars, real estate investments, uh, which which tells you that basically. We are financializing, which is what John's saying. We are really just financializing the system uh, by creating this fake economy. If that's the word for it. Yeah, the the thing, I don't know if I should go there. So have your uh, finger over the mute button here, uh, David. Uh, But um, the thing that I find so pernicious about the lockdowns is that the the thing with the lockdowns is it it assumes infinite resources. So Gladys Berejiklian can say, to everyone, don't go to work. But when she goes to the supermarket, she still expects all the um, the shelves and she still expects all the fruit. And it's like, you know, Elon Musk said that great thing in the book and he said, look, if you want there to be stuff, you've got to make stuff. It's like this, this beautiful, crisp little saying, which is like, okay, we don't go to work, but where, where, where are the goods and services going to come from? And you, the political class, um, uh, just expect everyone else to figure it out. Um, and I think part of the disconnect is that the political class surround themselves with, like, diversity consultants and so on. And so if a shut the economy down and, and say a diversity consultant couldn't go to work, that's not going to mean the end of the world. But actually the economy involves a lot more people than just diversity consultants. They've got all sorts of other people producing real goods and services. So we can edit that bit out. <laughs> but I just, yeah, but I, I just think there's, there's a real disconnect between the political class and the real economy. And it's never been so stark in, in, in the case of a lockdown, in my opinion. Agreed. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and circling back to I guess that that article that Jazz you're you're talking about, yeah, you know, a lot of people are pulling out equity from their homes thanks to the rising prices, inflated asset prices, and um and they know that uh, the lazy money is sitting there not doing anything, so they obviously use it to um to to purchase or to do investments and you know try to make that money working harder, taking advantage of a low interest rate whatsoever. So um you know keep on printing it money while there's nothing being produced at the same time, which is yeah, it's uh, mind-blowing when you think about it that way. So. Yep. <laughs> Isn't it a crazy world that we live in, I'm going to say? Uh, you can print paper or, well, it's not even paper. Like most 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 currencies now are basically just digital, yeah. right? Like you can do as many, as much as you learn. With, <laughs> it's going to say infinite QE. <laughs> That's it. Print to the infinity, right? So um, we, we, we have discussed that on this podcast before. Yeah. Uh, this is just, we're kicking it, right? We're kicking the can, kicking the can, up until the point where uh, the great reset happens in the next, whatever, 20, 20 years, 25 years. So this is going to keep happening. Uh, but we, we're not far, and, and interest rate is your... Uh, when I say we're not far, I mean, I don't mean happens tomorrow in five years, but interest rates are uh, zero. So, And it may potentially go negative. Yep. So. I'm, I'm starting to wonder what, uh, what that end is going to look like, Jazz, to be honest. Maybe we can, uh, we can cover that at one point, you know, because everyone keeps saying that, hey, we just keep kicking the can down the road, but no one can actually visualize what it's really going to look like. At the end of the world, I mean, of course, we all we all kind of hypothesizing and we all speculating here in terms of what will happen or what may happen. But I mean, for today's, it's probably not the best. But I thought that could be something that we uh, we can talk about potentially next week or the week after. Um, you know, do a bit of as if or if session about okay, well. You know, we all know that we're running, we're kind of running into some sort of crash or the great system reset. But what is that great system reset going to look like and how is it going to impact the investors? And if there's anything, what can investors do to protect themselves to a degree with that? So I think, I think that's, that's worth discussing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll put that down as something that we'll, we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, which then brings us to one of our last topics for today. Um, we're seeing some great rents rises uh, across the board due to the COVID impact, of course. And um, uh, SQM Research has released uh, the top 10, um, the residential rental income rises for the areas. Uh, I guess, um, you know, looking at um, one of the top one is the uh, far north Queensland, uh, which had a jump of 22.8% year on year. So in other words, if you've got properties in the far north Queensland, a lot of people are obviously looking at a good um, lifestyle change. Uh, that's probably what's pushing it. And when you talk about far north Queensland, I think the, the thing I, I think of straight away is Cairns. Uh, um, excuse my ignorance. <laughs> Not too familiar with up there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's warm weather. It's nice. I can imagine why a lot of people wanting to move up there. Uh, followed by New South Wales Central table, Tablelands, um, which is a 22.3% year-on-year increase. And the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, to follow number three and number four, both around the 20%. So, um, you know, I think this graph basically um, 
gives us a, a good idea about where the demand for rentals at the moment are. People are obviously seeking for that lifestyle change. They want places. They want a better lifestyle. They, they no longer want inner city apartments, close to work, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Because now that COVID is in place and we now um, may have to live with COVID for a long time, um, the working from home norm is just going to be part of our new life moving forward. So uh, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the read I take from it. I don't know, Jazz, what do you reckon? Uh, it's interesting that Queensland kind of tops the, tops the chart over there because um, the property prices obviously are going up in Queensland. It's performing mm-hmm. well. But at the same time, we are seeing the rises in the rents as well in the far north. So that tells you how much demand is there. I was actually looking at a chart, which I don't have it in front of me, where mm-hmm. interstate migration over the last quarter has gone down for Melbourne and Sydney, especially Melbourne. And for Queensland, it's a hockey stick where it's just gone up. That chart sort of explains, if you marry the two charts up, tells you the story of obviously that there's demand for property, uh, but also there's demand for rentals because there's that much of a shift happening from the central areas and Melbourne, Sydney, likes of Melbourne and Sydney into the places where it's a little more cheaper to buy, more relaxed, better climate, all that stuff. So to me, there is no surprises over there. John, have you got anything else you want to add to that? Uh, not, no, not really. Look, what I would what I would say is that I actually listened to a, po- a US podcast where this exact thing where mm. the uh, where the um, uh, rents are skyrocketing and they're, they're going up uh, the fastest they've ever gone. Uh, so they were drawing the distinction between um, higher rents on a brand new tenancy, as in you bring someone else in and you put the rent up and it's higher than the previous tenant who just departed versus high rents on the same tenant. And they're saying high rent, you know, just putting the rent up on the same tenant is nowhere near the sort of 16% that they were seeing, but high rents on brand new tenants are going up. So that that's an interesting, if maybe you know, not particularly relevant uh, uh, comment. The only thing I'd say in my own experience, having some, having had some rental vacancy during the year is that um, the people I talk to in, in Sydney, let's say, are saying that re- rents are still below the 2019 level, but they haven't got any worse since the 2020 lockdown. So that's one way to look. So that's, but that's a capital city perspective. Um, you know, the, the biggest res- residential rental rises on the list that we're talking about they're all regional more or less um and there's yeah and they're all houses too so none of these properties would be units they're they're all um detached houses well john what you're saying is anyone who's got these regional properties they should kick out their current tenant put (laughs) put the property back on market and expect a 20 percent rise in their rentals (laughs) <laughs> oh dear! Yes, I suppose that's what it sounded like saying. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's just that the, you know price increases are always lumpy. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but, uh... <laughs> yeah. I'm just making fun of you. No, no, no that's all right. it makes sense because you know obviously the existing tenants will be um, wouldn't wouldn't agree as much with that kind of level, especially when they. It's like just it's just it's just how human functions, right? At the end of the yeah. day, if you can get something cheaper, why would you pay for a higher price? day one so especially when they've been enjoying the current rent all of a sudden you said it's 20 percent increase they go hang on a sec no i'm not happy about that i'm not going to pay that so mm. yeah. yeah so um that's good 
Um, and the other point that I, that I read as well, I think the vacancy rate in Sydney and Melbourne is actually starting to trend. I think Sydney is actually trending down. I'm not sure about Melbourne. Um, is, Sydney is actually starting to come back a, a little because, I mean, you know, a lot of landlords are starting to suffer from the, uh, the rental losses. They're putting, them, they're putting their rents very, very cheap, um, which is attracting some people actually um, starting to take advantage of that to come back in. So vacancy rate has dipped a little base still high but um yeah in general i think it's uh it's it's starting to move slightly in the in the right direction so everyone whenever we talk rentals in the capitals at least we always talk about oh when they open the borders when they we've been saying when they open the borders for 18 months now mm. <laughs> when 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 are they opening the borders are they gonna i mean are we ever going back to you know australia was like a a on a, from an immigration perspective, we were off the charts. You know, we we left the UK and the you know even the US for dust. Are we ever going back to that? Probably will work at some point, but yeah, who knows? Hundred percent vaccination rate potentially. Yeah, that's when the border might open, which is what they're working on. Yeah, the I think right. you're right. So yeah, what what do you guys think about when will the borders open up? Um, do you think it will be another year two, or it should be sooner than that? Eighteen months is a long Seventeen percent. I think they're looking at seventy percent vaccination rate towards the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, so what? June next year? Do you reckon? So what country was the one that got fully vaccinated and then the virus came back? Was it Israel or one of the countries? Right. So. Yeah, and that was only recently that majority of the population was vaccinated, but uh, that didn't help. So oh yeah, no, look, I, I think even uh, you know the, the the Pfizer, the AZ was fantastic across the first variant or well, the first generation of COVID, but they're not as effective against Delta. And I heard that there's another variant that's coming up, which is Lambda even more infectious <laughs> than anything, right? So <laughs> you keep going down the Greek alphabets. Yeah. The coming from them. <laughs> What's next after Lambda again? John will probably tell me. <laughs> I think it's me, the me variant. Ah, but this is the problem. This is the problem once you lock down, there's always another variant. There's always going to be something to tackle, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, f- I fear that we've we've created um, a precedent that you, you know, and we've also created a lot of rhetoric. Um, so you know, we we go to the lambda variant, and then that's bad, and that's sort of. I mean, what do you? What do you? This is this this threat is very real, but oh, we've created um, a lot of precedents, a lot of firsts. Hopefully, hopefully the financial reset is not coming earlier. <laughs> and we're not ready. <laughs> feels which, that which, way sometimes. You can't, you can't kick that can down for too long, mate. You know, at some point in time, you got to take the consequences, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. All right, guys, to, uh, to add for today's pod? No, not really. Um, Anything on Bitcoin? Not much happening in the... Crypto markets again. It's a it's a range bound in that thirty to fifty k range where it's floating. Uh, I think next few weeks will be interesting to watch. Uh, okay. I think the topic that we have got for next week, David, is pretty interesting. The one that you 
Sure. So if it was to happen. The great financial reset, as you said, it's like the Great Depression, the great financial reset. All right. So um, we've got a lot of research to do over here between three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Professor John's going to have to. Uh, uh -huh. he's a, he's a and, yeah. yeah, I'll be winning friends and influencing people again next week <laughs> <laughs> with my perspectives. Yeah. Um, yeah. John, anything on qualities this week? No, not really. No, no, no. I mean, okay. I, I mentioned uh, the oil price the, yeah, uh, at the beginning of the pod. That that's uh, that's a really important thing. Okay. My 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 guess is that uh, for the stock market to to have its next rally, the oil price is going to need to go up because that pumps up the energy sector and, and then knocks on into the banking sector. So um, an oil price needs to go up for the stock market bull to continue. And um, I'd be expecting. I think that, that what we're seeing in the stock market is just a very minor minor dip and that we're going to crack on uh, with the bull market and um, oil will probably lead that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, interesting space to watch. Uh, to the listeners, just uh, we know that the sound quality is a little uh, off, the, off the mark today. One of us is having some issues over here, I think. Uh, but sorry for that. Apologies. And uh, uh, happy Friday. And we will see you guys next week. Play safe, stay safe. John Jasenevich.